This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on insurance. I am an attorney presently retired from the practice of law. Now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant, an insurance claims expert witness, an author and producer of these videos. Today I'd like to talk about the law of unintended consequences as it is applied to insurance. For example, simplified wording on insurance policies or the so-called easy-to-read insurance policy. Insurance contracts, of course, can be simple or exceedingly complex depending on the risks taken on by the insurer and the needs of the person or entity insured. Regardless, insurance is neither more nor less than a contract whose terms are agreed to by the parties to the policy. Over the last few centuries, almost every word and phrase used in insurance contracts have been interpreted and applied by one court or another. Ambiguity in contract language became certain. However, the average person saw the insurance contract as incomprehensible and impossible to understand. Courts struggling to understand policies of insurance added to the concerns of legislatures. As was said in a case called the Insurance Company of North America versus Electronic Purification Company, a 1967 California Supreme Court case, quote, the insurance company gave the insured coverage in relatively simple language, easily understood by the common man in the marketplace, but attempted to take away a portion of this same coverage in paragraphs and language which even a lawyer, be he from Philadelphia or Bungie, would find difficult to comprehend. Close quote. Ostensibly, to protect the public, to salve the concerns of jurists like the one we just quoted, insurance regulators and legislators decided to require that insurance companies write their policies in easy-to-read or Sesame Street language because they were required to do so by law. The insurers changed the words in their contract into language that they hoped people with a fourth-grade education could understand. Precise language interpreted by hundreds of years of court decisions were disposed of and replaced with imprecise, easy-to-read language. As a result, the law of unintended consequences came into play. Instead of protecting the consumer by making it easy for the consumer to read his policy, the imprecise language resulted in thousands of lawsuits determined to impose penalties on insurers for attempting to enforce ambiguous, easy-to-read language. 
the lawsuits cost insurers and their insureds millions, if not billions of dollars, to get court opinions that interpreted the language and reworded their easy-to-read policies to comply with the court decisions. For more than 30 years, the unintended consequences of a law designed to avoid litigation has done exactly the opposite. The attempts by the regulators and courts to control insurers and protect consumers were made with the best of intentions. The judges and regulators found it necessary to protect the innocent against what they perceived to be the rich and powerful insurers. Unfortunately, the plain English statutes had the opposite effect. But, of course, the fact that easy-to-read policies cause more problems than they cure the laws and regulations have not been changed, and they continue to bring forth hundreds of lawsuits every year. The law of unintended consequences added to the problems caused by the easy-to-read contracts by starting in the 1950s a new tort created by the California Supreme Court called the tort of bad faith. A tort is a civil wrong from which one person can receive damages from another for multiple injuries. The tort of bad faith was created because an insurer failed to treat an insured fairly, and the court felt that the traditional contract damages were insufficient to properly compensate the insured. The court allowed the insured to receive, therefore, in addition to contract damages that the insured was entitled to receive under the terms of the contract. Had the insurer treated the insured fairly, the insured received additional damages for emotional distress and punitive damages to punish the insurer for its wrongful act in breaching the contract. Insureds, lawyers for insureds, regulators, and courts across the United States cheered the action of the California Supreme Court for providing a fair remedy to abused insureds. Most of the states adopted the tort created by the California Supreme Court, either by statute or court decision, but only applied it in one direction. Only an insurer could be sued for breach of the covenant of good faith and fair dealing, while an insured could not, and the insurer could only receive contract damages from an insured who acted in bad faith. After the creation of the tort of bad faith, if an insurer and insured disagreed on the application of the policy to a factual situation, Damages were no longer limited to contract damages as in any other commercial relationship. If the court found that the insurer was wrong, it could be required to pay the contract amount and additional damages for emotional distress, pain, suffering, punishment damages, attorney's fees, and any other damages the insured in the court could conceive in order to deter other insurers from treating the insur their insureds badly. The courts 
and legislatures adopting the tort of bad faith hoped the tort of bad faith would have a salutary effect on the insurance industry and force insurers to treat their insurance fairly. However, claims for as little as $40 wrongfully denied resulted in $5 million verdicts. Juries unaware of the reason for an operation of insurance decided that insurers did not who did not pay claims were evil and that they wrote contracts so they never had to pay. The jurors were convinced it was appropriate to punish insurers severely, even when the insurer's conduct was correct and proper under the terms of its contract. Massive judgments were publicized, and many insurers decided fighting their insureds in court was too expensive. Regardless of how correct their position was on the contract, they found it less expensive to pay than to fight, just as shop owners threatened by the mafia decided it was better to pay protection to the mob rather than fight. Most of the massive verdicts were reversed or reduced on appeal. The bad actors raised their premiums and lost little business. Other insurers faced with massive verdicts allowed fear to control reason and paid claims that were improper or fraudulent. The extra cost was passed on to all insurance consumers. The insurers who acted improperly were punished less than the honest insurers who were threatened with punitive damages with no factual basis for such a claim. The insurers who treated their insureds badly, in fact, profited since they continued their wrongful acts and only were required to pay the few insureds that sued. Those that did not sue added to the wrongdoers' profit margins. Honest insurers paid frauds, and claims they did not owe and found they needed to raise premium charges to cover the extra expense. The increased premium paid by insureds to cover the extra expense was a clear example of the effect of the law of unintended consequences. The law of unintended consequences struck the insurance industry and the insurance buying public. Rather than deter wrongful actions, the law of unintended consequences, working with the tort of bad faith, allowed wrongful actions that resulted in punishing the honest and correct insurers, honoring the insurers who acted in bad faith with extra profit, and allowed many frauds to succeed. This video was adapted from my book, The Law of Unintended Consequences and the Tort of Bad Faith, available from Amazon.com as both a Kindle book and as a paperback. You can also find it from my website, Zalma.com, by clicking on the link to the Insurance Claims Library. If you found this video to be of use to you, please refer it to your colleagues and please subscribe to my blog so that you can be informed of more recent videos and blog posts. Thank you again for your attention.